welcome to Manage Expectations. We watch the biggest new movies and shows, giving our non-spoiler expectation of them before we watch them, and then review them afterwards. Lockdown is easing here in the UK, still, but this podcast is once again being recorded from our homes on opposite sides of London. My name is Ju Shardlow, and in my headphones is Tim Kennington. Hello, hello, just have to rapidly swallow a mouthful of tea. Uh, <laughs> you do the same introduction every time, and I just wasn't prepared, I was just like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> So this week we have a comedy double bill for you. Uh, they're both easily accessible movies online. We're going to start with Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, which is available on Netflix from the 26th of June. And then Judd Apatow's The King of Staten Island, which is available on Amazon Prime and YouTube and various other online platforms. Let's kick off then with uh, Eurovision Song Contest. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear a Eurovision song? Wannabe musicians Lars, played by Will Ferrell, and Secret, played by Rachel McAdams, are given the opportunity to represent Iceland at uh, the world's biggest singing competition, the Eurovision Song Contest. They finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. That's the description according to Netflix. Uh, Is that what you took away from the trailer? I took away from the trailer that this feels like a very classic Will Ferrell movie. Kind of yeah. the kind of Will Ferrell movie that we were seeing Will Ferrell do sort of five, ten years ago. And that we see him doing less now. Like he still turns up. He still will do sillier things. And this seems like a, a jump back to kind of very, very silly Will Ferrell. He often plays that kind of quite loud, brash, um, slightly idiotic Man-child. Quite self-confident man-child. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man-child. Obviously, there is Rachel McAdams as the supporting performance, but it's very much a Will Ferrell silly comedy movie, isn't mm. it? I mean, it's written by him as well. At least he's got a writing credit for it. So, What do you make of the trailer, then? Yeah, I'm quite intri- intrigued by the trailer. There seems to be a, a comedy staple of Rachel McAdams being paired with men who are like 15 years older than her. Um, and that <laughs> does bug me a little bit. I just watched Game Night the other day, which is brilliant. Right. But, but again, I thought that Rachel McAdams was older than you think she is, because when she was a mean girl, she was actually in her in her 20s or something. Yeah, crazy she, like that. she She was she was um, closer in age to Amy Poehler than she was to the rest yes. of the female cast, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that okay. is a pet peeve that I have, but let's talk about the actual trailer. I thought it was really funny. I'm quite looking forward to this. I think it's going to be really, really silly. The the obvious heights that you're hoping for are um, that you're going to get a bit of Anchorman in there and that you're going to get a bit of um, Mugatu as well. I think it's hilarious that it appears to be an officially approved Eurovision film in that they've got, you know, the proper logo in the title of the film and... Um, And then I've got a real weakness for um, incredibly sincere, very stupid pop songs. The quality of the supporting cast bodes well for me in this. So Dan Stevens, you might know from Downton Abbey, having Graham Norton in there, like having the actual Eurovision moments. I think Dan Stevens is brilliant. The film that pointed out to me that I think he's very good at being comedic is The Guest. I don't know if you've seen The Guest. Um, Which, whilst it is largely a horror, it is definitely a tongue-in-cheek black comedy as well and he is 
brilliant in it. Both um, Jamie and Tash Dimitriou are cast in oh this. Oh my god, amazing. Um, and um, <laughs> Tash Dimitriou, you will probably know from What We Do in the Shadows and um, Stuff Let's Flats. And Jamie Dimitriou, you will know as the creator and star of Stuff Let's Flats. Yeah, and obviously it's really nice to see Piers Brosnan return in a role that is something a little bit like Mamma Mia, where he's not afraid to take the piss out of himself a little bit. If you look at Piers Brosnan in the mm. spectrum of Bonds, he is one of the more arch Bonds. Like, he understands... Yeah, he has he understood, value as Bond. Yeah. yeah, he understood the comedy, I think, of Bond. Like, this is probably the highest camp value movie that he's ever going to be in, despite well, the fact that he was in Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> um, there might be some people listening, maybe Helen Fry, if she's listening to this, who are massive, massive Eurovision fans. Do you mm. think that this will transcend, like, the barrier of, if you're if you're not really into that kind of comedy movie, you wouldn't normally watch a Will Ferrell movie, but you love Eurovision. Do you think this will also translate? No. I think this is first and foremost a Will Ferrell comedy and secondly, it's set in Eurovision. I think in the same way that if you're not interested in Will Ferrell but you really love figure skating, you're not going to get much from (laughs) Blades of Glory. I've never really been like, oh, I really want to watch Blades of Glory again. I just remember kind of watching it and thinking like, oh yeah, that was fun and I have a feeling that's what this one's going to be. I'm going to watch it. I think it's going to be funny but Mm. it's not going to blow me away. Yeah. But there is obviously a huge opportunity, and they might be deliberately uncredited. um, To to have have, actual Eurovision performers. To have big... Well, either actual Eurovision performers, but also to have big names turning up to play other acts from other countries. Mm. What, you think this is going to be out of five? I think this is going to be a three-star film. I mean, I have a feeling that people aren't pulling out their big cards at the moment and maybe towards the end of the year we're going to have this incredible deluge of like cinematic releases. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and, and that everything that's coming out at the moment is falling in the two and three star kind of area. And I understand it. It's just how, like, if you've got a film that you think is going to attract a huge audience, you're going to wait until cinemas are open. Yeah, so for me, I was actually going a little bit lower than three. I was going for a two, only because I don't like it when the trailer gives away too many jokes. I think this trailer was a little bit too long um, and just had a little bit too much in it. It would have been it would have been better if it was shorter and punchier. Uh, and also, I think things like Blades of Glory, Talladega Nights, things like that, I've, I've not ever gone back for a second watch on them, and I just thought they were okay. So should we move on to talking about The King of Staten Island? Yeah. I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't be. It's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. (laughs) You can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. King of Staten Island is an American comedy drama directed by Judd Apatow. uh, And he also wrote the screenplay along with Steve Davison and Dave Cyrus. And it stars Pete Davison, uh, Marissa Tomei and Steve Buscemi. um, And it follows a young man who must get his life together after his mum starts dating a new guy who's also a firefighter like his deceased father. It's from obviously the uh, like produced director of movies like Superbad, Knocked Up and Trainwreck. How do you think that this movie kind of stacks up against the Judd Apatow greats like from the trailer? 
So it feels to me very different. Tonally, this feels like films that we were seeing maybe 20 years ago. Like the vibe that I got from this is sort of Garden State, mm. like Elizabeth Town, that kind of thing. That The whole idea of the, the self-reflective quarter-life crisis film getting in touch with who you are and all that kind of stuff and your family and your, and, and that side of things. That's the vibe that I got from it. Got no idea who Pete Davidson is. I mean, I know that he works for, he was, he either is or was part of Saturday Night Cast Live. Yeah. Um, and that he dated Ariana Grande. And that Ariana is Grande. my knowledge <laughs> of Peter Davidson. Um, <laughs> the vibe that I was getting is that, is there enough of a story here? Which has always been my like criticism of that film. The inclusion of Marissa Tomei and Steve Buscemi. They're both people that I think improve any film that they're in, even when they're in bad films. <laughs> but if we compare the two films that we're looking at today, I think it's easier to aim for being stupid and fail and still make something stupid. Um, yeah. Whereas if this film fails, it's either going to be good or bad. And I don't think it can be a middle ground. It's like Marissa Tomei is in it, right? We know that she can bring real kind of dramatic gravitas, things like The Wrestler. I get the feel that this is going to be the the thing that make, like, makes him and pushes him out there if it's successful. Mm. Like, obviously, he's had six years on Saturday Night Live, so he's not an unknown personality. But in the UK, we don't get Saturday Night Live. Is this going to be a film that is incredibly American in a way that therefore it doesn't translate outside of America because it's about people and themes that are inherently um, American? I think there's some interesting stuff in there. I, I, I quite like in the trailer this idea about whether you should be allowed to have families if you're putting yourself into a dangerous job. Very, very much... Uh, rooted into this the idea of kind of blue collar america tradition and sentimentality and like nostalgia around american public services like you know being a firefighter in new york really means something mm. and and obviously like this uh you know, being very much like a hangover from 9 11 and uh and i i don't know how well that is going to kind of come across to an international audience i think you're really right um so so do you have a favorite judd apatow movie Great question. I can't off the top of my head remember what they all are. So I'm just going to load them up quickly. Per right. I'll tell you about mine personally. Yeah, like, you go for while it. You're and I'll, and I'll up. load them up. I would say mine is probably super bad. Oh, yeah, I can't believe I didn't come up with that. It's Anchorman, isn't it? Anchorman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I did love Anchorman, but I just, I, I feel like the second one just really let it down for yeah, me. Yeah, but the it first, really marred the original. The first Anchorman is incredible. And it's so interesting kind of looking at these two these two films Judd Apatow is not involved in the Eurovision film at all because mm. because the things that are the, watching it the things that made me think of are Anchorman are Ta uh, Tal Talladega Nights are um, walk, walk Hard for Dewey Cox story Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping these are all Judd Apatow films well this will be interesting then to see whether a film like this works without his involvement I want to become a real tattoo artist your work is mad and consistent Obama ain't right oh I love your tattoos this is my favorite I've been dating someone for a little while now the first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that you don't think that's weird from the trailer, I can't work out whether it's a two or three or a four star film. Um, I feel fairly confident that it's not 
going to hit me on either of the extremities because I think that you can sort of tell whether something's going to be um, a train wreck or a to, to include another Judd Apatow film in there a train wreck or a, um, or a, like an absolute masterpiece you can kind of tell whether you're going to kind of invest in it from the trailers normally exactly and I think that's why I would award it a three uh, going into it because for me like it didn't it didn't particularly offend me but then I wasn't really very strongly enamoured with it so I just, it's falling somewhere in the middle three for me what is it for you I mean three. considering I can't tell whether it's a two three or four let's go three because that's nice in three. the middle and I think the only thing we have to do now is watch these it's films hop a f- yeah so should we hop a few days into the future yeah let's do that okay okay <laughs> Having now watched both of the films, um, we're, we're back. Hello. Um, Hi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> perfect. Nailed it. Um, having watched both of the films, I just wanted to say that if you were to kind of summarise both of these films, mm. um, I think you could summarise them as exactly the same film. But mm. ultimately, they're, bo- they're two surprisingly sweet films about an incredibly toxic person interspersed with unexpected moments of quite horrific violence <laughs> and that is in both yeah. films and i was just like oh guy trying to find his place in life and find the right path the the king of Staten island which we'll start with yes obviously pete davidson as his 24 year old tattoo artist he's trying to come to terms with uh, the death of his father the movie is dedicated to and was co-written by pete davison about his father scott who was um, yes. one of the first responders at 9-11 i thought it was an incredibly poignant very touching biographical film i just expected that i wouldn't care about um scott carlin which is the character pete davidson plays i just sort of assumed it was gonna be l- loser burnout character and i just wasn't going to be interested the thing that got me about this is how brilliantly written it is. The little moments where he is there with his mates having conversations, I just found that the dialogue felt like real conversations that real people have. There are two kind of main love stories. His sort of it's complicated, casual hookup relationship with his friend Kelsey, um, played by Belle Powley, who I think is brilliant in this i love her yeah Yeah. and then you have marissa tomei as scott's mum margie and her relationship with um bill burr's character ray so tender and so real and so flawed and complicated that i was really rooting for for both of those relationships it kind of accepts the fact that both when you're in your 20s and also when you're kind of dating again in your 50s it's weird how good the casting is as well so you say um bill burr as ray bishop he's he's the kind of like yin to the yang of scott isn't he so they have very little in common their first interaction is quite an antagonistic one like his his whole persona is that he kind of like plays by plays by the rules and tries to be as like straight laced as he possibly can um and then scott just reacts really badly to that but they're so so well cast I just I'm really worried about sounding too wanky when I talk about this film, but I really mm. loved it. Um, it's like, quite sentimental. Yeah, really sentimental. Why, yeah. This I mythical idea of her her ex, I suppose her deceased husband who who died in a fire, kind of saving people. Um, yeah. And 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 apps. One of the things that's really good about this film is that the mythology of the father. Mm. Um, 
it's not destroyed, but as the film progresses, he becomes more of a human and you are, and he's not just the great firefighter. He becomes like, you hear all these stories of, of things that yeah, he did. Wild stories. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and, and like, he becomes more of a person and, and that helps Scott. So like the whole idea that he doesn't have to kind of, that his dad fucked up and Scott fucks up massively in this film. The, the two, the two kind of big ones that happen, both of them, like broke my heart a little bit and like my stomach was in my mouth as you see it see it happen you're gonna have to pull your weight a little more around here maybe help ray get his kids to school kelly do you know him he's a new friend you okay you know you could tell me i'm okay oh i trained her in the car she's not gonna break it is so funny. You can tell that Pete Davidson, because he is a stand-up and Bill Burr is also a stand-up, that they've just thrown some extra things in there and just for moments which are really tragic uh, and you see, it's almost like a car crash in slow motion, for those moments are, are just hilarious. It's a Judd Apatow film, so you assume that there's improvisation involved um, because the only alternative is that it was so meticulously scripted and so incredibly rehearsed because it feels so natural. I mean, it's two and a quarter hours long. That's quite long for this type of film. But I think it's so sort of like beautifully meandering that you kind of don't want it to end. I thought, well, I could watch like an extended TV, you know, serialised drama with these characters in. Would you say that it's it's shaken up your belief of that kind of early yeah. 2000s meandering? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> the thing that I always found difficult about those films is that it was usually somebody that in the grand scheme of things had a pretty cushy life moaning about their cushy life and finding like existential ennui and it's not really about that it's it's about a guy trying to get by difficult circumstances and it's weird because his friends are are not great people but they're good people <laughs> like they're they, they clearly them. love yeah. each other and they're a good friendship group they just make terrible decisions get angry if you don't support that person that terrible decision and that happens a few times throughout it there's 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 normally in that group of friends a dissenting voice and it's not always the same dissenting voice going this is a bad idea but they're always shouted down so that a bad idea happens this is a guy that has a plan i mean it's a terrible plan it's and he's plan. really bad at the things Tattoo that he needs restaurant. to be able to do for that plan but he has a plan <laughs> would you go to a tattoo restaurant no <laughs> i have had tattoos in very dingy and unhygienic places but i would not have a, i would um um, no. I would not go and have one at a restaurant. It's the no, bit where they go there, you would... where they're describing it, going, it is a medical procedure. It has to be in a sterile environment. <laughs> I didn't know whether they had pictured, like, the tattoos being integrated somehow into, like, the seating or whether it was just half tattoo parlour, half well, restaurant. He says, I don't know how that was going to work. He says, who wouldn't want to eat and watch people get tattoos? So I don't think it's like you're it's like eating a, a chicken sandwich with one yeah. hand and getting a tattoo on the other. <laughs> It's more theatrical than yeah. like you're watching. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to watch somebody's arm, like, oozing blood in it. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to eat It's such pasta. a terrible idea. Pete Davidson is from Staten Island, currently still lives in Staten Island. Like, even though he's probably worth quite a lot of money, he still lives in Staten Island. You could tell this was written with very much, like, we, we don't want to necessarily showcase Staten Islanders 
the greatest place in the world because it has all these flaws and it has all these shady characters and like people can be a bit trashy but but like it's a place that we're from and we just kind of love it yeah bell powley's character kelsey her great dream is to sort of clean up staten island and like make it a respectable place and every time she mentions it to anyone they're all like staten island is brilliant <laughs> like <laughs> like it's it's a dive but it's our dive it's exactly the kind of movie that I can picture that there are those location based movies that the PR tour for the film is always going to be taking journalists to the place to go and discover nice places in the area, you know, like go to Staten Island's restaurants, like maybe we'll go and watch a, a league game like they do in the movie. And I could really, I could picture if it wasn't for COVID-19, what the press tour for mm. that movie would be. Do you ever think about putting on the jacket? Why would you even ask me that? It's fine with being a fireman. It's fine if you don't have kids, because you don't know if you're going to come home or not, and then your kids are fucked up. You make everyone around you feel crazy. People are normal, then they hang out with you, and then they're fucking Jack Nicholson in The Shining or something. I gotta tell my mom you tried to drown me. To the fuck around pool, you're like fucking eight feet tall. So you came in thinking that this was maybe going to be quite a middling movie. Yeah. What would you give it out of five? As your... I'd give it a high four. I mean, I have to say, yeah, I went in thinking this is going to be a film that I wasn't going to enjoy and then found out they have to pay £14 to buy. It was not on Netflix, which is what I assumed it was. Um, and so I came in being like very much arms crossed and go on then film, impress me. Um, and it really just... paid more than a cinema ticket for that. Yeah, it, I, I, paid more, I paid almost what I used to pay for my monthly unlimited cinema subscription for that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. I think it's a high four for me. Right, so this Eurovision movie, it's, oh my goodness. Anyway, so at the moment, it's number number six on Netflix uh, recommended in the UK. And um, the review of it got quite well placed on the BBC app, I see, even though it's not a very favourable review by Will Gompertz. Um, I think it's still it's getting into people's faces a bit more than um, it's not exactly being buried on Netflix at the moment. My general response is, I think, a bell curve. It's not a bell curve, actually. It starts high and then it stays high for quite a lot and then it tapers a little bit at the end. I've got some issues that didn't come to my mind until the roller coaster of this film was over. And then when it finished, I was like, uh, actually, uh. All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. Maybe he was drunk. He said, and you might think that I'm drunk, but I am it. Dead sober. Idiot. Officially, Fire Saga will be representing Iceland at Eurovision this year. I hate them. Absolutely terrible. They're old, disgusting people. But we have no choice. So we're in. Yep. I was immediately swept in. The very, very first scene is this little flashback from the 70s of um, Sigrid and Lars kind of discovering Eurovision and discovering ABBA and it kind of changing them forever. And then it cuts straight from that to the most ludicrous music video. It manages to hit three things that I really, really love. One is incredible high camp. Oh, mm. this, this film is so <laughs> this film is probably one of the campus films I've ever seen it addressed it then hit me with very sincere ridiculous pop songs oh I love them so much um and finally the 
aggressive, infuriating beauty of Iceland. Iceland is one of the places that I adore. I went on holiday last year. It was like a proper dream country. Went to Iceland. And I probably spent two thirds of that holiday driving around corners, seeing a view, and then being like, for fuck's sake, this is the most incredible view I've ever seen. Stop it, Iceland. Yeah, stop, stop it. it um, and this film... <laughs> Uh, highlights it uh traveling to places of like unending like magisterial beauty even you know the whales get a shout out like the the elvix of folklore gets a shout out like it is it's basically bottling iceland and what all of these touristic concepts of iceland are into one film it is probably a good 20 minutes too long i feel it has the sweetness and light and proper rom-com vibe to it that because it was set in edinburgh i just kept thinking of like richard curtis movies mm. lots of jokes at the expense of americans like pop divas it had a very like british rom-com feel to it one of the things that i really liked about this is that as you said this film is incredibly sweet everyone in it is really lovely and then will ferrell is playing a will ferrell character if you go into Zealand, if you go into Talladega Nights, um, if you go into Anchorman, these are all um, all stepbrothers. These are all kind of aggressive man children in a world where there are other aggressive man children, and they kind of bounce off each other, and it's all stupid. Everything in this film is so sweet that Will Ferrell's presence in it really sticks out. And it's a shame because I think it's written so well. But I was having a conversation on Twitter with my friend Tim because I only am friends with people that have the same name as me. Um, <laughs> but um, I was talking to my friend Tim and he said, that, um, and I kind of agree with him, that if you had replaced Will Ferrell, so Will Ferrell is the writer, but if you had replaced Will Ferrell with an unknown Icelandic unknown to us Icelandic star in maybe like his big first English language film then this film would be so much better there are moments where Will Ferrell is on his own doing his Will Ferrell thing there is a looking at your reflection scene and who am I and that's great but as soon as you put him with everybody else he just becomes this brash toxic presence this is Eurovision. Wow. You have to watch that guy. He is a sex player. Hey, looking good. Secret, very beautiful voice. Thank you. We are a duo that will never be separated. George Michael said something about other Wham guy. <laughs> no one even knows his name. Andrew Ridgely. Dan Stevens is portrayed as the villain, but this film is really shades of grey. It's, it's flamboyant <laughs> shades of gold and silver and rainbows. If you were to look at the structure of this film, is the bad guy. He is way less of a disruptive presence than Will Ferrell was the protagonist. Um, even before he has his meltdown, that you know there are moments where they're going on to have their big Eurovision rehearsal, and Lars's surprising cigarette with dance routines and new costumes and all of this stuff that she has no idea what's going on and the one rehearsal before the event. And it's all this thing where you can see that he is just... All he cares about is himself and the ride that he is on. 
So let's talk a little bit about Dan Stevens. The scene-chewing camp foolery of his like of his role is just incredible. And the fact that he has this completely over-the-top Russian accent and it's like hyper-sexualised, in-your-face, like Eurovision song and choreography. Like the first time that you see him, you're like, I know exactly what this character is yeah. going to be. Alexander Lemtov, the fact that it goes into what does it mean, you know, the camp of Eurovision and what does that mean when you come from an aggressively homophobic country like Russia and all that stuff. I just found it really shows interesting depth, interesting sensitivity, which I think then makes the whiplash moments of a whole violent subplot that I feel could, whilst there are plot moments that it hangs on, um, and a very, very, very funny joke about some of the visions that Lars has... I found the second half of it completely unnecessary. Moments of violence that happen in it, most of them feel unnecessary to this film. It would be quite nice for Lars to have his self-realisation come from himself rather than come from yeah. having to fight for his survival and, and, and these weird little moments of aggression that happen in it. And it, it just seems an underserved plot line if they were going to make that part of the story it should be a bigger part of the story rather than these sort of random sporadic scenes this is it we have to prove to iceland and my extremely handsome father that my life hasn't been a waste <laughs> piss Brosnan really doesn't get much to do much and maybe took the film so that he could sit in Iceland and wear lovely jumpers and look look <laughs> he looks very good in Iceland beautiful man. beautiful man <laughs> yeah but they they make a joke out of that in the film right like it's very my very handsome very father that, but he's like a heartbreaker within the yeah within the village but also I mean the humor comes from like the cliques and the interactions between the Eurovision stars like it reminded me a little bit of um miscongeniality a bit one of the scenes that you talked about a little bit earlier was the mega mashup it's called a song along a song along in... yeah i mean this is where it goes into pure zoolander doesn't it really this is this this moment here is is pure zoolander iceland's greatest pop star like katiana who but I mean, we won't spoil it, like what happened to her in the movie, but she's played by Demi Lovato. But then there are all the Eurovision entries. Any person who's watched Eurovision a fair bit would recognise a lot of these people. And in no particular order, there's um, John Ludwig, uh, Anna Odebescu, Jamala, Bilal Hassani, Jesse Matador, Laureen, who won in 2012 with Euphoria, which I still think is the best Eurovision song of all time. <laughs> and actually, after watching this movie yesterday, I did go and watch the clips of <laughs> Euphoria from 2012. There's Alex Ryback, you know, I'm in love with a fairy tale. Then Conchita Wurst, Netta Barzillai, and then Salvador Sobrai, who's not in the big song, song along, but he's playing the piano when uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams go to the top of the hill. Loads of really, really great comp cameos there. Firesaga are not giving up. Tonight is our night. You don't have a single chance of making it. The 
wanted to ask you a little bit about the music in it. This movie has 12 original songs, including four which were co-written by Savan Kurtacher, like the writer behind Ariana Grande's God is a Woman and The Weekends Can't Feel My Face. So like, I think the standard of the original songs in here are really high. Mm. Um, and uh, so... Kateja wrote, co-wrote uh, the Fire Saga Eurovision entry, which is It Double Trouble, and it features Will Ferrell's vocals and Rachel McAdams sung the beginning of most of the Fire Saga songs, but her voice is then blended with Molly Sandon, aka like My Marianne. So they did a little bit like Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, in that she starts off singing the song and then like the big, you know... Big notes. Uh, like, yeah, the big the big notes. Um, uh, they're they're kind of blended in with somebody else's vocals. So I thought the quality of I I just kept thinking like God is this both of them singing? It can't be like I didn't know that Rachel McAdams had that good a voice. Yeah, no, I think the songs are great in this. I really really mm. like it. Um, yeah, I I'm still singing the Husavik song in my head as well. It's lovely. It's a really good film, um, and I'm wondering if it'll have um. It'll go up in the charts, kind of right. It's it's interesting because I've seen a few sort of sniffy reviews about it. Um, yeah, where, Will Gompatt's one was two stars. Yeah, I've, I've read a couple of two star reviews, and I think that's unfair. I think the audience for this movie will like this movie. Like, I don't think the Will Gompatt's is going to like this movie. <laughs> I think that like people who appreciate the campness of Eurovision will like this movie. Yeah, it is. It's, mm. it's very camp and it's very silly. It's probably a little bit more flawed than um, kind of some of the classics that you will compare this to. I think it does depend a lot on how accepting you're going to be of Will Ferrell in this because, yeah. because unlike... Yeah, just unlike things like Anchorman, I just found him quite a dis like a, a disruptive presence in a way that a lot of the time I didn't find funny. But there is a lot to enjoy in this film. There's a lot a, a lot to like and it is it is a, a blast. Yeah. So what would you give this out of five then? I'd give this a three. But I'm okay. but I was thinking about this. We chatted briefly about this last night. Well, I'd already sent a message to you to you when I watched it, going, "Oh my god, this is the campest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> um, and then you um, sent me a message yesterday, going, "Oh my god, I love this." And I'm and I kind of my attitude towards this is, this is a three, but if you come in saying oh, it's a four, I'm happy to secede over to you and say it's a four, um, because I think I think in the same way that I couldn't quite give King of Staten Island a five. For me, it's a low four only because I was in exactly the right kind of susceptible mindset to this yesterday. Like I was feeling a bit fragile. I was feeling like I just wanted to be cheered up by something just quite mindlessly camp. And um, and it is it is that. Yeah. I think I would give it a low four for the quality of the music in it. I was expecting it to to just be like a, a romantic comedy and to fulfil that for it to be a three. But actually, I'm still singing like some of the songs, and <laughs> and I think that takeaway alone, like it's kind of worth. And I thought that the cameos in it were great as well. So I think for those... I think Rachel McAdams is for. great. I don't think we've spoken about her enough in this. I think Rachel McAdams yeah, she, is I mean, she's great. brilliant in this. Utterly brilliant in this. Really, really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to say that it was a good week that we've got two four-star yeah. films. One is a as much just about completely negate the world of star ratings. One is a better four-star <laughs> film than the other four-star <laughs> film. Um, <laughs> high, high three, low four then. For yeah, yeah. For We've got a high three, yeah. low four and a high high four. Um, Fire Saga 
is very much going to depend what mood you are in because i could see yeah. i can see you loving this film but i can also see you coming out like 25 minutes into it being like, i can't stand this this is you know yeah well a good a good week all round then after the cat- catastrophe that was artemis Fowl. um two very strong films in one week i think um great so uh thank you so much for tuning in a good week all round then after the cat- catastrophe that was artemis Fowl. um two very strong films in one <laughs> week i think um thank you so much for tuning in and we will be back of course, another week with another film. Bye. Bye. <laughs>